Well, everybody, welcome to Fireside Chat 179. We're so excited to have Rick and Tammy on tonight with us. They're our newest pastors. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're, we heard about your testimony last Thursday or whatever uh -huh. it was. So we're going to focus more on uh, your better half tonight. Amen. <laughs> um, so we're excited about it. She has a ministry of herself that's going to be something that I'm sure the people of our church and the people are uh, um, watching live stream That's are right. going to really want to learn more about this. So Amen. even though we're going to cover some of it tonight, there's just no way of the vast knowledge that you have. We're going we're gonna to break it into some other episodes as some opportunities uh, head out Good. there. So as you know, uh, Rob's out on the road, so I'm his... Uh, Younger brother from a different mother. So I'm here just to, and you know, I don't have the gift of gab that Rob has. I'm so thankful that you guys are here to fill it in. So, um, You're saying we have it, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you, do, you do, you do, you okay. do. So um, uh, just a couple of reminders. So tomorrow uh, is the court hearing for the church that Rob's going to yes. uh, be there. Uh, mm -hmm. Micah has a link for the people that want to listen in. I think it's going to be really difficult to go down to the courtroom. Uh, so this is where you can listen in. But uh, we want to pray for God's will, and that's Amen. going to be done. Whatever happens, God might yeah. want us to go on a, a journey for a little bit longer on mm -hmm. where we're at right now. So mm -hmm. pray for God's will as we go forward. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to not do a prayer service here in the morning just because of the, the staffing. So please pray from home. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so that's, that's what's going on tomorrow. Um, so we were going to focus on, let me just see, there was uh, one other thing that we were going to focus on with the, the court hearing tomorrow, saying the prayer, not going to have it here. Um, and then we're going to probably do an update maybe in the afternoon. So I'm going to remind you again, if you haven't done this already, okay. subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you hit the little bell, in the um, corner, that will alert you. So if Rob decides to do, or we decide to do a, a midday alert to let you know what went on, mm -hmm. that will give you the opportunity to do okay. that. What time Excellent. is it, Dave, the court case? So Micah, it's is, it, it's, is it eight o'clock? Okay. okay, we think it's eight o'clock. Right. So that's normally when the courtroom starts, but then there's usually delays and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So um, I would like to start off is, telling your testimony, okay. and uh, I'm going to let your husband chime in every so often to, to, to thread it out a little bit more. So I would appreciate that. So that would be great <laughs> if you could. We'll do it. Oh, so you mean it's all you. me. Oh, you want me to ask? It. Can you share with us your testimony? <laughs> That's scary. I know the questions. I'll, I'll prompt. prompt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, now so, I'm standing back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is great, so honey. So our... Uh, I kind of feel like I'm on a first date with my husband. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Speaking of, how old were we? How old were we for the first date? Well, I was 15. Man, I was 17? Yeah. It's okay. Been a long time. A lot and of we, good years. We went together, broke up. I was bad. You were a good girl. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not going to open this. I'm, I'm all on my own. <laughs> and so your testimony, yes. um, tell us how you heard about Jesus and how that went down since that's the beginning. That's right. Um, well, you know, it's the most amazing blessing that my little honey here is the one who actually told me about Jesus. So uh, we were on a date and we're in your old beat up pickup. And it was just incredible because I had 
heard that there was a lot of changes going on in Rick's life. And so I really wanted to understand more about the change mm -hmm. that all of us could see in his life. Mm -hmm. And so I began to question him and ask him what it was that was going on. And mm -hmm. he just began to share with me that, you know, he had given his life to Christ and I'd basically ask him a few questions like, well, why would you want to do such a thing like that? Like, what's the purpose? And so in a very simple way, he just shared with me, if you want to go to heaven, you really need to ask Jesus to come into your heart and believe on him. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't, it's your decision, but the consequences will be that you'll go to hell. And he was just really sweet and kind about it. And I said, well, I sure don't want to go to hell. Um, that doesn't sound like a fun place. And so he just basically shared with me, you just pray. And tonight when you go to bed, just pray. And so I did. And that we'll was the beginning. Up on the second date. Yes, that's right. Follow up on the second date. And so I gave my life to Christ that night. And it's been the most amazing decision I've made. You have, know? You, have you ever compared notes? Because I know in Rick's testimony, you accepted Christ basically on your own yeah. with the, yeah. the Holy Spirit filling you up yeah. and having that desire as opposed to where most of us, mm -hmm. I would say 90% of us, yeah. usually have somebody lead us to Christ. Have you ever compared right. notes? Because I'm always intrigued mm -hmm. on that being filled by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and accepting Christ. In this, have you ever compared or thought about how the differences? Oh yeah, look? well, not only with your own testimony, but you hear a lot of other people, which right. the majority is, I received Christ when I was a kid, or at a vacation Bible school, or this person led me to Christ, and so mm -hmm. I realized after a while of being within the Christian community that it is, you know, to have the kind of experience I had was unique. And, and Tammy's experience is probably a little bit more the norm. Somebody, yeah. somebody you know yeah. um, uh, is going to share with you the love of Jesus. And right. that's what happened in her case. Mm -hmm. right. and she's, she's never really uh, said, well, why wasn't mine more dramatic? We've never yeah. had that kind of thing. She just... She was the easiest conversion I yeah. had. You know, I've been a minister for all the years. Yeah, he, like, yeah. yeah. he knew what I needed, and uh, which was really a, a companion. To mm -hmm. That was our first step, even though we really uh, cared about each other off and on. But that gave us a step forward in both wanting to yeah. walk with the Lord yeah. um, that started. She was getting ready to go into her senior year. So this is the summer before her senior yeah. year. Mm -hmm. And then we started going to church and she started bringing her girlfriends. And I didn't realize I was, the church had a lot of single people and it was the envy of people in church, the oh. single guys, because <laughs> I was bringing Tammy and then her cute girlfriends. So I was yeah. like, who's this guy yeah. that keeps bringing? Well, I, I was only with one. The others were her and girlfriends. And you get her to break up with somebody else to get her too. Yeah, so well, it was she, like kind of like a... Well, yeah, she did that on her own. <laughs> But, I uh, did do it on my own. Yeah, yeah. she did do it on yeah. her own. I'm giving you credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did smile at her and say hi. I don't know if, that, yeah, if that's yeah. enough, but it seemed to be at the moment. That's right. So just something that's really kind of key. We uh, Fast forward. Mm -hmm. She graduated from high school. Uh, I realized that I want to spend the rest of my life with this girl. And I proposed to her. And so we're engaged and a lot of her story, which I had no idea that is the segue into what we know of Hilden Sat Free, yeah. her and I were skiing. We were skiing on, you know, a Saturday or something. We were on the mountainside of Palmerell Ski Resort, mm -hmm. uh, which is in southern Idaho. Mm -hmm. And we stop on this mountain 
and she begins to open up in the most intimate way and I became the very first human she had ever told about her story and she had never told another soul uh, because of a warning that was given to her from the offender in this case and that's when our journey began as Mm -hmm. we were just engaged we weren't even married yet we were young Christians we had very few tools in our toolbox but uh, would you share with me on that day honey and just kind of take it forward from there yeah um, you know, it was a, a really a difficult thing for me to even share with Rick. I uh, thought to myself, if I open up and actually share with him some of the things that I've went through and I've experienced, I've had to walk through, um, I really thought that he would judge me, he would be ashamed of me, that he wouldn't really want anything else to do with me. And But I just couldn't keep it bottled up anymore. And I thought, well, I need to talk to somebody about this. And so, um, this happened to be that day. Um, I just, do you think it was like the Holy Spirit leading you or what, what, Mm -hmm. or you felt to a comfort level or I think that uh, I felt a safe place with Rick. I think that that's what happened is I actually felt for the very first time I felt safe. Yeah. And it's not to say that I didn't feel safe with, you know, my mom and dad. Um, I've always felt safe with my parents. But there was just something that I felt like if I was going to start my life with him, that I needed to lay a foundation of truth and I needed to tell him. And so I went ahead and I began to... um, and it was very difficult for me uh, to share with him the trauma that I had uh, faced and went through of being sexually abused by my uncle and um, also how I had uh, been date raped by a school friend. And because, you know, I had just kept it all bottled up inside for so long, just really wanting to sweep it underneath the rug and pretend like it really didn't happen because the trauma... And the overwhelming um, emotions to even face what I went through, um, you know, it it just was easier just to stuff it and just pretend like it really didn't happen. Defense mechanism. Yeah, Yeah. I just didn't want him to, I just felt so ashamed of what I had been through. And not only that, my um, uncle uh, would always tell me that if I ever told my mom and dad what he was doing to me as a little girl, as a little Mm seven-year-old, that he would kill my mom and dad. And so the burden of a little tiny seven-year-old girl uh, carrying the burden of thinking that if I ever said one word about this, that my mom and dad, I could wake up and not have a mom and dad. I really believe that he he could take my mom and dad's life. And so um, at this point... Um, I just thought I have to talk to Rick. And for some interesting reason, I also must have thought um, if I share with him, maybe somehow along the way, uh, you know, Rick could protect my mom and dad. I have no idea why I could just tell him. Not that my mom and my dad was a sergeant of a police department. Um, He was more than capable of protecting me. But you know, as a little kid, you just don't want anything bad to happen to your parents, yeah. you know. And he also heaped up some shame. He said, well, tell uh, oh, the yeah, friends that are tuning in, you yeah. know, what uh, 
he would say about you? Not only would he kill your mom and dad, but he would mm -hmm. say this about you as a little girl. Yeah, he would tell me that, um, you know, I was just a dirty little girl and that if I ever told anybody about what was going on, that, um, you know, they'd be ashamed of me. Yeah. And so I grew up actually thinking that, you know, I was a shameful little girl. I really was afraid. I had so much fear heaped up in my little soul. I had so much um, baggage and bitterness, and I was just terrified. As, as a matter of fact, when I would go to bed at night, um, every night I would go to bed, I would lay in bed tormented, wondering if he was going to come to the house that night and break into our home and get me and haul me off. I mean, he had such power over me, me emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. And um, so I kept it a secret. Now, if I would have just said something, my mom and dad would have been instantly there to mm -hmm. protect me, you know, defend me, do, mm -hmm. you know, who knows what mm -hmm. would have happened. But as a little child, I thought, I can't say anything mm -hmm. because my mom and yeah. dad could lose their life. Yeah. And so I was a pretty tormented little and what, child. What happened to you at school, honey, as a result? You're seven years old. You're going to school. This, this very yeah. traumatic stuff is happening. And what happened there? Um, well, my uh, teacher called my mom and dad into school and just shared with them you know, we're really sorry to inform you that your little girl's mentally retarded. Oh my gosh. Because I was having such a, such a hard time focusing, coping, coping mm -hmm. uh, comprehending, uh, to learn. I was having a difficult time in school. And so they basically, as a professional teacher, uh, really wanted to inform my mom and dad that I was Boy. mentally retarded yeah. and... Mm -hmm. um, and in a way, I really was. I was mm -hmm. because I was broken and mm -hmm. I was really having a hard time coping yeah. with life. I really life. think she was struggling with yeah. post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Well, you know, we so talked no. about this a little bit ahead of time. To mm -hmm. The blessing of, of me getting to hang out with Rob on the mm -hmm. live stream is people have come up to me and shared some stories that I just go, God, the amazing hurt and pain. You're, you're on an extreme side. But mm -hmm. one of the questions... I, at, some of these people, you had to suffer basically on your own. Mm -hmm. Thank God that God blessed you with Rick to be mm -hmm. able to start sharing that. And I'm seeing him all welling up a little bit because I'm sure, even though it's been, what, 35 years. Mm -hmm. But, but um, what do you, how can you tell the people out there, what can you learn from your experience that there are a lot of people that can't share their story or don't feel they can share yeah. their story because they either have shame yeah. or, you know, some of these people will share a story and the first question out of the person they're telling the story to is mm -hmm. almost like, well, what'd you do wrong? Yeah. What, and, yeah. and so as a result, there's, yeah. there's a, a feeling of guilt. Mm -hmm. um, there's, so people tend to suffer kind of like what you did mm -hmm. inside on their own. Mm -hmm. They have maybe found uh, Christ as their Lord and Savior. So they're struggling. How, what, what, what would be some tips or some thoughts or for somebody that's, that is suffering inside and feels like they can't find a safe place to be able to share their story? What were some of the things that you learned from your experience that might help somebody that's, that's suffering right mm -hmm. now? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, well, you know, 
it's really super hard because it's just it's just depending on the person, depending on the person's personality, depending on the circumstances that a person's in, because everybody has different things that they're dealing with mm-hmm. and different levels of shame mm-hmm. and different levels of hurt. And, you know, for me, I probably would have taken this to the grave. Jeez. Like, I honestly yeah. probably would have never stepped through that tunnel to actually ever share what um, I went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, not only was all the shame heaped up on me, but I honestly thought in my mind that I'm alone in this. Mm-hmm. And then if I ever uttered a word to anybody, they would start looking at me differently. And I didn't want to be looked mm-hmm. at differently. In, mm-hmm. in my inward person, I already felt like I was so different, that I was so dirty and so shameful. Mm-hmm. And... Um, So, you know, I really would probably encourage, um, you know, people that are out there listening that if you're in that place where you feel like you can't tell anybody, that really knowing what I know now is that that is just um, seriously the enemy coming against you to still kill and destroy and to keep you in silence and to keep you isolated and keep you in a place where really he has a foothold and there's always a safe place of a person, you know, that you can confide in and talk to. And, um, you know, for Rick, he was, uh, the safe place that really God brought into my life. And I really believe that God is running after the brokenhearted. God is running after, uh, people's hearts to where he wants to comfort them and encourage Mm -hmm. them and bring them to the other side to, to be healed and set free. Um, but you know, sure. Uh, there's all kinds of people out there that they're safe places and in everyone's life, I really believe that there's, there's gotta be somebody out there that's a safe place. And if you are that person that's a safe place, I think it's important to validate them whenever they are willing to trust you with a secret. You need to, you know, a hurt or a pain, you need to validate what they're going through. And then, you know, to actually keep a confidence, to Mm -hmm. say, you know what, like, this is your story to tell. I'm not going to go out and Mm -hmm. blab it to everybody. This Mm -hmm. is just between us. And I think that it's important to create an environment where a person can truly Mm -hmm. feel that they're safe and that they can just, and for Rick and me, um, whenever I would begin to share with him, basically I could squeak out a couple things and then Mm -hmm. I would just sob in his arms. Mm -hmm. Because it it was the hardest thing to actually share, you know, what had happened. And he was just so kind. He didn't try to fix me. He didn't try to push away my pain. He didn't, a lot of times didn't even talk. He just listened Mm -hmm. and then just held me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that is uh, a key Mm -hmm. to to begin the process, to be able to um, start down that journey of healing. You know, it's not just feeling like uh, you have to have all the answers. We don't always have to have the answers. We have need to start with having a listening ear. Yeah, and to that point, you know, I've heard a lot of stories over the last four months, Mm -hmm. and some of them were uh, uh, a child has passed away Mm -hmm. unexpectedly, Mm -hmm. and I cannot even try to understand that that pain Mm -hmm. of that. So, what what were some of the things? Rick and, and that 
that you did because mm -hmm. my understanding is some of these pains that I've heard, mm -hmm. the best thing I can do is listen. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, I've heard people will say they've done it with me. It's like, oh, you know, you're sharing the equivalent of you have cancer. Oh, don't worry, my friend recovered, you'll recover too. And it just deflates you because it's just, yeah. they're just, they're trying to do their best. But mm -hmm. what, are, what are some of the things that you think that you took away that helped mm -hmm. her? Well, I think especially in the Christian culture uh, that here's somebody's pouring out their heart with it. It's a physical thing they're going through. And once you, in a, in a Christian culture, people have a lot of promises from God's word mm -hmm. and they want to just shoot that immediately to them as if I just solved your problem. This Bible verse says this, and those promises are there for our soul, but they're there for our soul after the person has shared their mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, this was the fortunate thing that Tammy and I had going for us. I was totally ignorant of any answers or solutions. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so what that did for me, because uh, those who know me, I am never at a loss for something to say. Right, right. right? So the benefit was I ha absolutely did not know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I just listened to her and she would pour her heart out and it would come out piecemeal. It was almost like her heart was testing the waters. What am I going to do with this information? And it began Definitely. to come out and it was, you know, abuse for a, a season, a period of time. Yes. And so there was a lot there to it. Mm -hmm. And so as she felt safer and it would be the most random it's, it's not like you can schedule it mm -hmm. if you're somebody just like a husband like on a ski mountain uh, to me that's mm -hmm. not the the first place that let's have a counseling appointment on that ski yeah. but yeah. it just burst out like a dam and mm -hmm. it's a bit like grief and that you cannot put it on the calendar yeah. when it comes out you just have to be there and so I would listen sometimes mm -hmm. she, because she's sobbing convulsively I'd cry with her mm -hmm. and uh and then I'd pray that's it. And so I think that people think I need the answer or this, this counseling's over my head. You know what? People just want to be heard yeah. and they're tired of people cutting them off mm -hmm. and giving them the quick solution that their soul need, you know, come on now, because it's almost like other people, you share something heavy and you're, you're a bummer to them because you're bringing a heavy cloud or yeah. a dark cloud. And I think that, you know, love uh, wants to go there. The Bible says to weep with those who weep yeah. and to rejoice with those who rejoice. And Christians love to rejoice together, but they don't necessarily like to weep together. Mm -hmm. And this opened, when Tammy shared this with me, this opened a door to sorrow and grief and pain, emotional pain. And because any kind of abuse is of a sexual nature, it's, it's such a a violation of your soul. It has mm -hmm. a, a different um, uh, scarring, scarring, or how, however it is. And so, mm -hmm. then, uh, then as you go into marriage, then you have to sort through that as well because there's mm -hmm. intimacy with you. And so, all those things that opened up something that obviously you'd like to just twinkle your nose and it's all better. Yeah. We said a nice little yeah. verse and we said a nice little prayer and poop, it's yeah. done. Yeah. And some people. Uh, they don't know how to process pain with people yeah. um, because they emotionally are not, um, they don't have the resources emotionally to do it. And yeah. I'm probably the most, the person that's the most out of touch with my own emotions, but the people that are close to me that I love that much, like Tim, it's so, um, it, 
I entered into her storm of emotions, but then it created my own storm because anybody that hurts the people that I love, the rage and the, um, the protective nature that I'm wired with yeah. mm -hmm. wants to just explode and be very violent. And um, uh, so as that all opened up, as a young Christian, I was struggling with unforgiveness. And I mean, it's the only time, I've had a lot of things going on in my life. It's the only time I actually in my heart and mind started plotting to kill someone. You know, mm -hmm. so the, the, I think really not knowing what to do with your rage. Yeah. And it's focused on this person because it wasn't that just Tammy was violated, say, um, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was going on uh, at your, in your aunt's home mm -hmm. where you were going? At that, you know, what did she have there with her? Yeah, my um, aunt and her home, she had a daycare. Mm-hmm. And so my uncle was sexually abusing all the children in the daycare. Oh and mm -hmm. he was sexually abusing, later we found out, my cousins. I wasn't the only one. All he, the cousins. He took an, a, an entire generation of and, kids. And, and his own children. And, and his own children. And his own kids, and he scarred them all. And, mm. you know, <laughs> it's yeah. intense. Yeah. My One of my cousins... Um, which is his child, um, he hung himself. And then another one of his kids uh, slit his throat. And then another one of his children um, jumped off of a bridge. Oh Over a course of, you know, several yes. years. Um, not all close together, but trauma can lead a person to, because whenever these kind of um, traumas, you know, hit your soul. A lot of times you just don't know what to do with them. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's almost like if you can think about a, you know, a garden, you're just like a little kid, you have a garden, you know, it's like, you know, all these wonderful things are being planted in your garden, you know, your mom and dad love you, or just whatever, you're playing, you're having fun, and then all of a sudden this traumatic trauma hits you. A seed is planted. A very ugly seed is deposited into your heart. And it has a massive impact on a person's soul. Yeah. And, you know, all these things start to grow inside of you. It's, you know, rage and unforgiveness mm -hmm. and bitterness and fear and anxiety and shame. There's all this stuff that's just taking over. And then if you, you know, have that and you're going through life, you know, life brings all kinds of hurt. It's not not just sexual abuse or rape. I mean, it could be alcoholism or having your kids taken away or divorce or mm -hmm. there's so many types of hurt that emotionally touch us, physically touch us and mm -hmm. spiritually can touch us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those seeds, you know, are, are planted there and then they start growing up and they start having a massive impact on your life in a, mm -hmm. a way that the person's actions, like for my uncle, his actions of sin and what he did to us, the evil mm -hmm. of it had a massive impact on us. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause we had the bitterness and the unforgiveness and all these things. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and I assume that, uh, when you're going through life, starting mm -hmm. to go into marriage, starting mm -hmm. to have kids and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. there's triggering events that come up and you don't right. know what the triggering event is. And it's it could so be something very small, like, Somebody yeah. wearing a pair of shoes that yeah. were similar or whatever. And You're you right. just, 
break down. And, and, and yeah. uh, you know, the one thing that you were saying about, it, I wanted to kind of resonate on that, is to listen. Mm -hmm. Casting Crowns at a concert, I just loved it. And he says, I'm trying to, to witness to somebody, and I'm trying to come up with these elegant words. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to give some way of mm -hmm. showing comfort. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? Sometimes I just need to get out of the way and let God do the speaking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mm -hmm. where grace and empathy comes in. Is yeah. that Absolutely. I think yeah. what yeah. is probably good that you you didn't know that much about, because you had to let God do the speaking sure. and, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and resonate with her heart yeah. and, her, and her hurts. Mm -hmm. and, so, and really be patient yeah. enough for her to get out everything in this moment that she wants to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I would just hug her and we'd pray together. And then mm -hmm. the next moment might not come up for a month or two months and just allow it the ebb and flow of what was going on in her heart and her soul. Mm -hmm. And we really didn't have the answers. So yeah. I, I'm thankful for... Um, but there's nobody I have more empathy for than, you know, the love of my life. And, yeah. and so, uh, we got married, things moved forward. And the mm -hmm. issue with that daycare was still going now as she's an adult. So mm -hmm. we began to, as she was on the journey of healing, really the focus was just her and me. Mm -hmm. And, and, but we were, when we, as we grew, we felt the responsibility, Lord, you've got to protect these little kids. Yeah. You've got to protect them from so the daycare. Still, it's, it's still the same thing. So you're not in jail. So I know you didn't take care of it that way. So yeah, well, something we, had to have stopped well, we, it. Yeah, we could get to that. <laughs> and uh, so um, what happened um, was we were praying, Lord, you've got to somehow, as we were trying to work through it, we began to pray, God, bring this out in the open so we can mm -hmm. protect the people that are being violated because we really sincerely believe that they were all being abused. And it, it turned out all that, you know, the kids in the daycare were being abused and the neighborhood girl, girls, anybody and all kinds of things. And, um, it took us several years, like probably three years, three and a half years. And we were, you said there's a trigger mm -hmm. and, uh, it was a family wedding and I was out of town. I was a tile setter. So I'm on the road yeah. and, uh, and Tammy, what was that trigger? What happened yeah, to we kind of set a, that scenario for you? We were you? at a family wedding and we were just, you know, I went with my mom and dad. And at that time I had our first child, Caleb, and he was mm -hmm. about two, just so cute, little blonde, mm -hmm. chubby little fingers. <laughs> and, you know, the wedding um, was going really, really well. And then all of a sudden they decided uh, it was time to go ahead and have the dance and everyone's dancing and having just a blast and... Um, one of my cousins came over and said, hey, can I have Caleb? I want to dance with Caleb. And I said, sure. You know, he's two years old. So she's out there dancing with my son and uh, my uncle, the uncle that sexually abused me, which at that, this point, we had no idea that he is sexually abusing everybody in our family. Mm -hmm. But he started to walk step by step by step by step, getting closer and closer to my child. And that was the trigger because... It was so overwhelming at the thought that he would even get near my child mm -hmm. and he reached out and he grabbed my son out of my cousin's hands. And at that moment, my whole entire body froze. I couldn't even move. And all I could say to my dad was, dad, go get Caleb. That's all I could even squeak out. It was like the fear was, I was so overwhelmed by fear that I couldn't even like put one foot in front of the other to even go get Caleb. 
And so my dad said, okay, you know, he didn't even know what was going on, but tears started strolling down my face. And my dad went over and he grabbed Caleb and my mom and her wisdom said, we're leaving. And so we just left and all the way home, my mom and dad uh, didn't ask why I was crying. Did, they didn't know still at they this They had time. no idea. Mm-hmm. They had no idea. Nobody knew except for Rick. Mm-hmm. And so all the way home, it was silence in the car. And I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's kind of, you know, one of those things when you're an only child, the whole world revolves around right. you with your parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my mom and her wisdom, she mm-hmm. didn't ask any questions mm-hmm. because she knew whatever it was that went on, that it's best just to let it lie until she could get me alone and talk to me about it. Because my dad is a deadly weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, being a trained police officer. And she knew that whatever was going on, that we just need to be quiet and I'll talk to Tammy by herself. Mm. So that's how it all, that was the trigger. And that's when everything... the trigger that brought it to they became aware of it? They became aware of it. My mom came over the very next day and asked what happened. The whole family became aware of it because it was kind of a, I mean... Tammy getting so upset and demanding Caleb be picked up and they left the, the whole room. Like the reception was like, what just what happened? Just happened? So that dr- For the whole family, it was a trigger and everybody was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. So and it probably once, at, at a, I'm, I'm trying to answer. So you both knew, you're both healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what was that, how long did it take from the time that you were healing to the, well, it had to be two and a half, three years. Exactly. What, yeah. what, yeah, it was probably four years. From so the why, why, and I'm not trying yeah. to pass judgment, right. but why, yeah. did you, why did you not go and reveal that and start, start going after him sooner? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that um, the most important thing for the, you know, the person like me that's very direct and very aggressive and very protective and of the little kid and just wanting to charge and do that, it wasn't my story. It wasn't my timing. It wasn't... Um, all of these things, Tammy's just, just you have to realize the baby steps of coming out of this are so uh, really slow and cautious yeah. that no matter what, how much I loved and protected and, and wanted to do other things, she was my first priority. And seeing her come to terms, and once this event happened, she was finally ready to go on record. Yeah, it, it, I was, it was the we had we were praying, Lord, help us. How, how do we how do we do this? We have to realize neither one of us grew up in church. We had no Bible knowledge. We had no resources. I mean, we've learned everything just as mm-hmm. people that are discovering. Uh, we I didn't have good role models um, to be led in marriage. I, yeah. I mean, we're. We're figuring yeah. everything out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing to me was to honor her confidentiality. Mm-hmm. So I would just pray when Tammy's ready, we will charge ahead to do what we need to do. But God in his grace, he knew the moment because it, it, it was so important for Tammy to be the trigger that brought it into public. Mm-hmm. But we also needed, because the coming days, weeks, and months, the whole family needed to be triggered. Right. Because as it all turned out and we would end up going to court, all the older cousins were all outside of the statute of limitations. Oh my gosh. So nobody, nobody could charge. And so 
one of the cousins was going to have to come forward that was still within the statute of limitations to be able to pursue this. And so uh, we go to Tammy's conversation, private conversation with your your mom. Mm -hmm. When she asked you. When she asked me what happened. Yeah. Yeah, she asked me what happened and I... um hesitated telling her but I just thought this is the time so I began to tell her my mom remained very calm she didn't really show any emotions which I feel felt at the time was wisdom because as a mom I know that inside she was probably dying at the thought that this happened to me she remained very calm and then she said would you be willing to write it out um, you know on a piece of paper as a testimonial and let's go ahead and, you know, drop it off at, uh, and start to see if we can bring some kind of charges against Tom. Was this, was this your mom's brother? No, he's married into, uh, my uncle Tom was, is married to my dad's sister. Okay. Now, uh, fast forward all these years, she has divorced him and he's no longer a part of, you know, uh, the family. But, um, so my mom, she I, she, you know, gave me a couple of days and I typed it all out and I gave it to her and she said, do you mind if I read this? And I said, well, I don't think you should. I mean, I think it would be really difficult for you to hear what has happened to me. Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, but do you mind if I do? And I said, no, you have the freedom. And mm-hmm. so she said, okay. So she just calmly, you know, she gave me a hug and she was very, very compassionate and understanding and calm. And uh, she drove down the road, she pulled over, she read it. Really? Then, the next steps for my mom. I asked my mom um, years later, what were the two things that hit your heart when you read it? She said, the first thing that hit my heart was rage. It was the kind of rage that I have never experienced in my life. And the second one was shame. Because I was dropping you off there. And so she said what she did at that moment, uh, she drove home and she went straight into her home and grabbed my dad's revolver. Police revolver. And she went straight to my uncle's house. She's going to kill him. And she was going to walk up to the door. When he opened the door, she was going to blow his head off. Because when you're filled with that kind of rage, you are blinded by everything. So she opened the door and all of a sudden, I just know it was God's spirit because Mm -hmm. it was like she had enough sense at that second. And she thought to herself, if I do this, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to end up in prison. Mm -hmm. And she's so cute. And I didn't want Caleb to visit his grandma in prison. (laughs) She just didn't want that. (laughs) So she just thought, I'm just going to drive away. And then from that point on, my mom is my hero because from that point on, she um, decided to take it upon herself to go and she asked every single one of the family members, Mm -hmm. um, were you sexually abused? One by one by one by one and uh, everyone, yes, yes. Then she started talking and getting in uh, contact with all the neighbors. Uh, They're all adults at this point. And um, every one of them had been either raped or sexually abused or something by him. Was there anybody that um, was that you went to that, oh, that could have never happened or pushed back? Mm. Or did everything just 
the house of cards just start collapsing? It or did. was there anybody that mm -hmm. was frustrating that you need that was told that, no, he couldn't have done that. Was there anybody? Only that, his wife, only her aunt um, was yeah. a fierce yeah. defender of who he was. And, yeah. and I think this is the most, you know, he had shamed and held captive in fear, the same kind of threats mm -hmm. that this would become known to all the people that he violated. And, um, and the, the crazy thing is we suspected uh, that he had five children and that he was abusing and had trained them all in this lifestyle. And so when it all come about, there was one cousin, which what she reported was basically a minor offense in comparison to what Tammy went through. And we just, we know she didn't tell the whole story, but it was mm -hmm. a rel relatively minor offense, but she was within the statute of limitations, one of her younger cousins. And as we pursued this, we finally had one person that went on record because all the others were testimonies towards character, but they were unprosecutable. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we finally were able to pursue and with her mom's, I mean, forceful, she uh, was very forceful. Uh, in this whole process, the day we had him arrested, Tammy's 16-year-old popular cousin, Nikki, she's a cheerleader. She came home from school the day her dad was arrested. And what happened there, honey? Yeah. Um, she basically just shared that her dad had been sexually abusing her too. And they... She was just accused of being a liar. And By her mother. And By her mother. Because, her you know, Janet just didn't, uh, couldn't possibly believe that this was happening. This mm -hmm. uncle was so great at creating that he was such a nice guy. He was such a helpful person. Mm -hmm. He was one of the guys that nobody would have ever suspected. And it's almost like his wife was so blinded and duped as well. And mm -hmm. so she really thought we were all out to get him. I really yeah. believe that yeah. whether she was beaten down or that she seriously just didn't believe. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so she just shared with her daughter, you know, you're a liar. And whatever went on, you know, the the emotions that went on in that home. My cousin went upstairs and she hung herself that day. On the day we had him arrested. Oh and God. so mm. she lost her life that day. And mm. um, it was like the explosions in our family were just going off it, yeah, everywhere. It was, it was horrendous. It was, it was like the biggest storm mm -hmm. that uh, our families ever went through. We had um, a good friend, uh, Sonia, that's wor worked as missionary in third world countries and seen the true evil. Yeah. And um, to the extent, you know, in the United States, we get these little pockets of gray that we get to kind mm -hmm. of bask in, mm -hmm. you know, but we don't get the true good and evil. Mm -hmm. it, it, it must, I mean, that's like, that's demon-possessed person. Mm -hmm. I mean... When it was exposed, when that person was exposed, it must have been to that level of evil. You know, we talk about evil mm -hmm. has no bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, it, mm -hmm. it sounds, I mean, every time you say uh, another little part of the story, mm -hmm. it, that, that story just in itself, your cousin hang yourself is a devastating story. And that's just one so, of the many right. explosions that were going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so the court scene um, were uh, 
doing the court case. Uh, were you you were pregnant during that? I was period. pregnant she with was our pregnant with our youngest our when, daughter. So we're going to court. We're and having to relive this whole thing. Oh yeah, now mm -hmm. it's oh. now it's coming out. And the judge, um, by the time it was said and done, the judge. So, uh, um, so he, Tom, her her uncle Tom, mortgaged his house to buy the best defense attorney in our small community, and uh, um, but it it didn't matter, right? Because once all of these character witnesses and they allowed it for Tammy to share and all of these people to share. Uh, the, there was a long list, and uh, he maintained his innocence through it all. And then the judge, at the end, to give the verdict, uh, sentenced him to 30 years in the state penitentiary. And then, you know, the uh, court recorder, whoever, he actually gave him the the limit that you could give a sex offender like this was 15 years. So he he gave him twice the amount, and then had to retract. Mm -hmm. He's like, well. The law won't allow me to give you 30. I want to give you 30, but I'm going to give you 15. So mm -hmm. uh, he went to prison for 10 years at his parole hearing, his first one at 10 years, maintained his innocence all the way through. And though uh, we, uh, we forgave him, Tammy forgave him, and, and it would took her forgiveness for me to be willing to forgive him because I wanted to kill him. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to figure out a way I could kill him and not go to prison and still be a <laughs> husband and a dad. And, I mean, honestly, it's not, I, I don't do it tongue in cheek. It was like, yeah. it was the first time my rage was at the point that, I mean, murder was in my heart. Right. And Tammy and I were praying and she said, Lord, I forgive Tom. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> as I'm struggling to want to kill him, I think he violated her, right? And if she can forgive him and pray that he doesn't go to hell, and she wanted to see his soul rescued. I mean, genuinely, it, a, a dam really broke inside of me to be able to, well, if she can forgive him, then I need to too. So, but that didn't mean we didn't want, we wanted to forgive him so our hearts were free, but we never wanted him to see the light of day because we knew he was gonna hurt little children. Mm -hmm. So when he went on uh, up for his parole hearing at, at 10 years, still maintaining his innocence, that he's there as a you know, bogus charge, Tammy and I went to the parole uh, probation hearing and Tammy got up and testified again. And they gave him the remainder of his five years because of her testimony. So on one hand, we wanted him to so be 10 forgiven. years later, you're having to revisit We're the back, whole... we're back. God. It's like, it's like mm -hmm. a roller coaster of stuff so mm -hmm. yeah and you know um whenever i think about forgiveness really forgiveness doesn't you're not letting them off the hook right and saying that what they did was okay mm -hmm. yeah forgiveness is truly um a process that i wanted to learn how to um forgive so that even though my uncle was sentenced 15 years to prison, I was sentenced far beyond that by not forgiving. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like he was still having a hold over me emotionally mm -hmm. and mentally. Yeah. And so uh, whenever I began to understand that God has forgiven me of so much mm -hmm. and that he actually tells us, I want you to forgive other people. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to understand how do you do that? Yeah. Where do you begin to 
forgive. You know, you just, a lot of times you don't learn forgiveness, even as a child. I mean, sure, you might learn like ABC and one plus one is two. But a lot of times as you're growing up, there is no type of understanding of what forgiveness is, Mm -hmm. how you actually apply it to your life. Mm -hmm. And because whenever the emotions are so deep inside of you and the hurt is so deep inside of you and... Mm -hmm. And those actions of another person. And so that's really like I, uh, the very first thing that God began to teach me is compassion. The first thing he, he really showed me is, you know, to have compassion. Because somewhere along the line, something has happened to Tom for him to become this person that he is yeah. today. He was a little boy at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows what happened to him? Who yeah. knows what went on in his life? It's because usually the sins of your fathers and yeah. your father's fathers. He didn't just snap one day and decide right. to He's do that. Probably no, he probably violated as a child. It's hard to say what was going on, mm-hmm. but I, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to learn with God's help. I need it. And I just started begging God. I'm like, God, you need to give me language to understand how to walk in forgiveness because I don't want to be a prisoner to the, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I really believe with all my heart that, um, and I believe that being emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy is really important. Yeah, you get to break the, the cycle. cycle. I've, I've heard the quote, it's like lack of forgiveness is like, taking arsenic and waiting for that other guy to yeah. die. Yeah. yeah. That you're the yeah. person that, what, yeah. so, so what happened at year 15? What, at, oh, when he got out? Yeah. Mm. Uh, he went to live with his family back in Missouri, left the state. His wife had divorced him and various things that took place. But in this process, Tammy, the Lord taught Tammy the tools yeah. that fast forward a little ways. Now we're, we're working through things. God's, brought healing to our hearts. Tammy's really enjoying the freedom of forgiveness and giving it to the Lord and the whole process. Mm-hmm. And we've started a church. So she's a young pastor's wife. We're uh, just getting going. And, and, and she had two gals uh, very close together that approached Tammy that were having other struggles that Tammy had struggled with. And she thought to herself, I should, you know, just write out the verses and the process that God brought mm-hmm that I was healed and set free. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wanted to do it for these two sisters in the Lord. So kind of mm-hmm. take us from that yeah. forward, sweetie, from just two ladies in the church that needed some help. Yeah. Um, two sweet, sweet um, ladies. And so I knew with in the deepest places of my heart that just spending time with them one-on-one, you know, here and there, that, um, that that's not going to do anything for them. You know, I knew that the process was going to be a process to actually become healed and set free. And so um, I just began to write down, because God really gave me a language to understand how to get from point A to point B to actually forgive. He gave me Mm -hmm. tools Mm -hmm. for me to understand. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, I'm just going to start sharing. Uh, I'm going to write these tools down, these verses Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. And there's four of them. And... um, then I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, give it to them and just begin to write basically for them. Mm-hmm. And so I did, and I had the first chapter done. And so I said, you know, there might be one or two other ladies in our church that might be struggling with some kind of past hurt 
maybe they're suffering in silence. Yeah. Do you mind if we make an announcement, invite them along? We want to include anybody that's yeah. hurting. We want everyone to be free. And of course the ladies agreed and they said, yeah, that would be great. And then after, so Rick made the announcement and afterwards, um, very quietly, as you know, like you said, that sometimes actually opening up is a scary thing. Mm -hmm. uh, very quietly, one by one by one. And before the service, before church was completely done, 20 women had come up to me. For the very and first for the very first class. And yeah. so I was actually went home that day and I just broke out into tears. And I couldn't believe that that many hurting women were in our church because we were just a little baby church. It was small. Just starting you know, 150 out. 150 people. Yeah. And... Um, a lot of times, like I was sharing earlier, that you, when you isolate you, yourself, you think you're the only one that's mm -hmm. struggling and suffering. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole bunch of people out there that are dealing with stuff that from their past mm -hmm. or even in their present. And so we went through the very first Bible study at our home, and God just did a powerful work. Those same tools, those same biblical tr tools that God mm -hmm. gave me to put language to how to walk to, through forgiveness because the thing that was so hard for me is when people would say, you should just take it to the cross and forgive. I'm like, well, where, how, what does that mean? And you leave those 20 people back yeah. all having to yeah. suffer Going, the path. You, yeah. you know, this, these little, you know, toss out these little words like, well, you know, time will heal all wounds. You'll be okay next week. You're going to be okay. Well, yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. time will heal all wounds. Like, what yeah. does that even mean? And so I knew that God really wanted mm -hmm. me to forgive mm -hmm. and to walk through that. So I wasn't a prisoner. So we met and God did such a radical thing. Those women were healed. Yeah. God healed them with the same tools, yeah. biblical mm -hmm. tools that he gave me. And so they one by one started calling friends and sisters and neighbors and sharing what God had done in their life. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, whenever you're free, it feels so amazing mm -hmm. because you're just, you, you feel like a different person. You, it's just, yeah. life makes sense. It's brighter. It's amazing. You just feel like a different person inside. I, I would assume, too, is that it, it, by being a different person inside, the Holy Spirit is able to fill you so yeah. much greater because you, you release all those things mm -hmm. yes. that have been yeah. uh, burning you. Well, it's really exactly. like Paul said. He said, that which I have received from the Lord, I've delivered to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, once Tammy's experience, I've received this from the Lord, and I want to deliver it to you. But it's in the package of understanding because she understands it. And I was, you know, pastor for 30 years. And when people would talk about abuse... I didn't know how to process it with them because though I'm very open and, uh, you know, about intimate things with my wife, when it's people outside of my family, I feel uncomfortable going into the place of their, you know, the, the certain things. And so I was so thankful to have this ministry. And before Tammy did this, she, she called Focus on the Family. Mm -hmm. because she thought they've got a great ministry. They're going to have something like this. She got a hold of one of their counselors. She said, this is what I'd like to do. And uh, they said, well, these people that she's going to minister to, they need to be institutionalized for three months. They need to work through this whole process. And, and her, she was just looking for a Bible study resource to help, help her. Yeah. And so she didn't have to make up her own. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, right. she didn't want to reinvent yeah, the wheel. Right. She just right. wanted to say, there's got to be something out there. Yeah. And so the counselor, Tammy, said, well, I didn't have to be institutionalized, and this is the journey that God taught me, or brought me on, and these are the tools the Lord gave me. And the counselor pauses at the other end, and he said, well, you have what you need. You should write your own Bible study. Yeah. 
and, and it just kind of brought her back. And then that's when she began to write it. And for me, it was a powerful moment because I came home. And when she was preparing this for these ladies that were going to be healed and set free, I came home and Tammy was on the couch and she was just sobbing. And uh, I said, what's wrong, hon? And she said, well, I'm writing this Bible study. I said, I know, but you're, uh, you know, you're healed and set free. God's, these, this is just kind of the language. We, you know, you, you know what, how to bring these people through. And she said, well, it's one thing to share it with you or even verbally say, tell people. But she said, writing it down, I feel like I'm totally exposed and naked for everything that's happened to me to tell her own story and have it in a book form that anybody can read about it. Mm-hmm. And Tammy, by nature, is a very private person. Mm-hmm. And so she's just sobbing because I thought that's what she was crying about. And that's not why she was crying. She said, I was talking to Jesus, you know, because I feel so exposed and naked And Jesus ministered to her heart. I hung naked on a cross for you. I'm asking you to be naked for these people. And the dam broke, you know. (laughs) And uh, so then she just began to sob and say, hey, you know, okay, Jesus, you were were naked for me. I'll be naked for you. And um, the radical level to which Tammy had to open her heart and really pick up her cross and follow Jesus to be a blessing to others um, was very life-changing because now it was going to be written in form, uh, you know, form. And so when I saw the ministry grow, it's like now she's doing it. This is a crazy thing. So she was doing these Bible studies, and now she was having a whole team of people just to assemble the Bible studies. We're making copies <laughs> on a copy machine, and another one's happening. And I went in there one day in our lobby. Our little We had a small little church, our lobby, and there's these tables. And here's chapter one, and these ladies are assembling. And, st- and she began to mail them out. And, and I said, this is nuts. This is why you publish a book. Honey, <laughs> you've got to publish this. And that's how she yeah. moved forward with yeah. Getting that pub- published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, it's amazing. Because you, you gave me the book. When were you guys here last time? Six months ago? Uh, January? Yeah. It was yeah, January. It nine nine months then. ago. But I didn't get the background on the book. She, she sent me the book, which was such yeah. a blessing. Yeah. And but I, did, I started reading through yeah. it. But the story is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for us at God Speak now, uh, the blessing of having you guys here mm. because... I have people coming up to tell me stories and I'm not, I'm not equipped at all. Right. So that is, that is the blessing of having mm-hmm. you guys come down here. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you could see it on the live stream, but uh, Rick needs more Kleenex. I do need more Kleenex. So I'm, I'm kind if, of if this story didn't uh, touch your heart, I don't know what is. And it's another blessing that you're here because Usually on some of our live streams, I look down at the clock and go, God, we have 30 minutes left. And now I'm sitting there so riveted by uh, um, the story Mm -hmm. that we're going to have to do this again next time because there's so many other things to cover about the path of forgiveness, the path of healing, the path of more into your book and stuff like that. So we're obviously, since you're going to be here, it's going to be really easy to grab because what, (laughs) what we usually say is like 15 minutes before you start live stream, we go, can you guys come on? Yeah. So now that you'll be here, you'll be able to do that. So yeah. And Tammy can walk them on the next time through the tools and, uh, but maybe they can share how to get it on Amazon. Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, Micah has this, uh, here is the, um, the cover of Tammy's book, you can get it directly on our website, which is hsfministries.org. Okay. 
and Micah will put it down in the link at mm -hmm. the bottom of Great. this live stream. Can you, I, I was touched, can you tell me the quote that's on the bottom part of the book? I, yes. I was, uh, God doesn't change the past, but he can change the meaning of the past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Guy, what a what a great night! I mm -hmm. appreciate it. Um, can you guys choose which one? Somebody's going to have to do numbers, and somebody's going to have to pray. So who's? I'll, the... I'll do the numbers, okay. and I think it would be fitting for Tammy because there's yeah. a lot of people watching this right yeah. now that are in that place. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so she yeah. has tremendous uh, compassion and, for them. And Tammy's mm -hmm. here at 9, 11, and 1 o'clock in the front row. <laughs> so if you need some help, we'll break off into the corner, and uh, Tammy will be here to pray. And we have a multi-service uh, room or multi-purpose room that holds about 100. So <laughs> I yeah. hope we don't fill it up, but yeah. it's, it's going to be something that's probably going to have some people needing your help. So Yeah, I, well, it's such a, that's, yeah. that's why she wrote the book. Here, you can read it, you can have the tools in your lap and mm -hmm. in the journey really that we were on. And it's now been translated into a number of languages. Right. And uh, God's just done each step of the way. Something that was, you think about it, she wrote this for two women. Yeah. And now just thousands of, and reprints yeah. and all that we're going through. So I'm going to send you out with a blessing, everybody. Well, that, uh, uh, you want to let her pray and then close out in the blessing? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy <laughs> to pray. Sorry yeah. to interrupt yeah. the flow. Thank you yeah. for, for, thank you for That's uh, why you're keeping here. the structure yeah. the right That's way. That's right. Yeah, let's pray then. Lord, we just know that there's uh, men and women, young and old, uh, watching here tonight, and their hearts um, are uh, hurting, and you see them, Lord. You even just see if they're... They're weeping and they're overwhelmed and they're just longing um, to allow you to touch them and allow your Holy Spirit to take them into that place of truly trusting you, God, mm -hmm. first of all, with their hurts. And I thank you that you can handle our hurts, you can handle our pain, you can handle the things that have happened mm -hmm. to each one of us, and you can even handle those things that... Um, are just uh, lingering there, um, mm. just longing to be set free, to be healed and set free. And so, God, I just pray for each one of them and just pray that you would give them the strength and the comfort that they need by your spirit and the hope in you to mm. take those steps forward, to start walking and moving forward uh, so that they can experience all that you want to bring into their life and uh, just to turn something that's so ugly into something mm. so beautiful for their life as well. And mm. so we, we thank you for each one of them, and I thank you that you are the great physician. Yes. You truly, when we have you, we have really all we need. And so I, I really pray, God, that all of our hearts would be turned toward you to mm. just trust you with our hurts and trust you with the things that we think that we need to hide uh, from mm -hmm. you or hide from others, that we would have that courage to bring it into the light. Mm -hmm. And so I thank you. I thank you that you bottle up every tear that mm -hmm. we cry and you're just so loving and compassionate and good. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for this church body and thank you so much for our time here with Dave, mm -hmm. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. After 170-some episodes, I go... 
how can God bless us with another guest that will uh, reveal another thing that we need to hear? And yeah. mm -hmm. you guys did it. So I, I mm -hmm. really appreciate it. So yeah. um, if you could uh, send us. this off. We want to send this. you guys off with an yeah. incredible blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you guys. Thanks Thank for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow night.